This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff. Joining me as usual are Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. And welcome back, special guest Wade. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hey, Wade, crystal clear. All right. Great folks. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Die Hard. Because it's Christmas. It's Terminator, you bloody. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, the weather outside is weather. <laughs> now I know that song is in that movie. Not quite that version, but yes. So, tis the season. Uh, we want to do Christmas um, movies, and what better way to do it than to talk about Die Hard? So, it's the time of miracles. There we go. All right, so I think we probably all have this. Well, let me ask you right away: Is this in everybody's top five action movies of all time? Hmm. With the Avengers, I don't know, it might have been pushed to like the top seven, top six. All right, what do you have? And it's, I don't count Star Wars and Lord of the Rings as action movies. Oh, okay. Well, then yes. <laughs> Those I'd say are sci-fi fan. I'd say it's top ten for me. Yeah, top ten for sure. I'd have to really think about yeah. what I'd want in my top five. All right. One of these days, we're going to have to force ourselves to actually come up with our list so we can no longer say what's in our top five and top ten. We'll be don't, don't stop. Precise. Don't start talking crazy now. <laughs> All right, well, John McClane has gone on to make, like, what, five of these? Six of these? No, only three. <laughs> yeah. All right. Three plus well, two that the, don't exist. Right. The, prob- the problem with that is the second one's kind of weak, Link. Yeah, it is. I prefer the third to the second. Yeah. Me too. Still, icicle to the face. No, I'm not <laughs> saying there's not some good violence in the second movie, but... All right, well, let's talk about the first movie. So everybody knows this movie. John McClane's coming in from New York to L.A. to visit his uh, wife, who's they've been separated for from fucking California. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you know, the whole I'm badass East Coast cop come out to easygoing L.A. Um, he has uh, sets up a great thing with he doesn't have shoes on because when he's in the airplane, the guy's telling him to get over his uh, um, jet lag. Jet lag. If he takes off his shoes and makes fists with his toes on the carpet, it'll help him. So later on in the in the movie, he's doing that, and that's when the terrorists attack. Awesome, just, I like that setup. Can we just stop right there? It's it's from New York to California. Yeah, it's three hours of jet lag. <laughs> Why do you need some sort of special yeah. homeopathic you know, uh, treatment for three hours? Oh, my God, it got dark a little bit earlier. Well, this thing has had this set up the no shoes thing. Yeah, this <laughs> wait, this was in the '80s before they found the cure for jet lag. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. right. Alcohol. I mean, he couldn't have just taken off his shoes for any other reason. No, there had to be a specific reason why he didn't have shoes on. Yeah. So. Now, is he in the bathroom? No, he's in an office when he when he does that, right? I'm trying to think. Why would there be carpet in a bathroom? I think he's in an office. Yeah. It's yeah. In the, Holly Gennaro's office. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about that. I mean, we're not gonna go over the whole movie, but just some of our favorite right. scenes. And <laughs> just starting there, where, yeah, um, I forgot who is it. Is it uh, Takagi who meets him first and takes him into Holly's room? Well, first is that <laughs> random dude that just kisses him on the lips. Right, another fucking California moment. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We're California. We are weirdos like that. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by the second California moment when they walk in and the guy's snorting coke off of his wife's yeah. bed. <laughs> so what's it's that guy's of... name? Uh, Ellis. 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 All right. Hey. Was... <laughs> hey, did you show him the watch? <laughs> yeah. Come on, don't be mad. Show him the watch. <laughs> it's a Rolex. <laughs> exactly. Has this ever been a more stereotypical scumbag, yuppie, corporate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everything he, he does just drips of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like he was gonna be in Wall Street, but it was too hardcore <laughs> even for that. So they right. just moved over to Die Hard. Yeah, I don't know. The guy, the corpse, the corporate guys in RoboCop are pretty much that way too. 
iron butt. Uh, <laughs> weren't they? Well, they were like more like hard ass, like Shark Tank kind of guys, where he was just a grinning douchebag. <laughs> that, that should have been his his credit. <laughs> grinning douchebag. He even dies with a grin on his. Face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just that sheepish kind of. No, he's in the middle of drinking his coke. Yeah, he's enjoying his, his last drink. <laughs> but he has a Coca-Cola. grin on his face. <laughs> So anyways, Bubby. Yes, that is you. <laughs> I, have that, I have that on my list as one of the greatest lines ever. <laughs> At that point, you, you don't really feel sorry for him for getting shot in the face. Right, yeah. yeah. You know that, that guy? That. <laughs> the guy who, who played that role directed PCU and a couple other movies. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like a film uh, director now. That's weird. Yeah. PCU starring... <laughs> 37-year-old Jeremy Yeah, Piven. Jeremy Piven, the world's oldest undergraduate. <laughs> he's got, like, he's got this... Advanced patterns, pattern baldness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this belt starts up above his belly button. Yeah. He's that old of that movie. <laughs> so speaking of that Hans booby, one time we were, my friends and I were coming out of a hockey game, a Ducks game, and I just, we had not talked about Die Hard or anything, and this guy walks by and he had that exact same look. His hair was the same, he had that big old beard, and I just go, Hans... Booby and my friends looked at me and then looked up at that guy and they were dying. It was a dead <laughs> ringer for this guy. I forget that. We were dying forever. because We wanted to follow him and just keep saying that shit. <laughs> was he one of your pals or just somebody you saw? No, just some dude walking out, like, out of the arena. They looked just like him. That's, that's the only thing I could think of. Like, I didn't remember his name or anything. I'm, What's the Hans Booby guy? <laughs> Ellis would have corporate seats to, to the next game. That's oh, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was still alive. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have those California moments. Um, John's in there. He meets up with his wife. Everything's going good, but then they start pushing the issue of why they're separated, and he's upset that she went to LA and that he um, and she wants him to come with. And you know, whole oh, you don't support marriage. me. Support me in marriage. <laughs> we have both uh, people who are career driven, and one of them, they, you know, they both can't be in the same place. So. Um, yeah, goes out to the party, and then all of a sudden, oh wait, we forgot Argyle. So Argyle, <laughs> the limo driver, sharp guy, at- Argyle. <laughs> anyway, he's this weird, his weird limo driver who's who serves one purpose in the entire movie at the very end. But they keep cutting back to him to see what Argyle's doing this whole time. <laughs> What's Argyle doing? Well, he's still there. Yeah, just still there, still listening to music. <laughs> uh, now he's now he's talking on the phone. What's he doing now? Oh, now he's grinning and whatever, watching television. Yeah, but he's hilarious. It's excellent reception down there, by the way. Yeah. And the, <laughs> like modern cell phones will not get reception down there. And he's in there with the shitty. That's before it's, it's before they knew how how you know car phones worked back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. They had a CB radio. CB, DVD, everything. Not DVD. I don't he did not say CD, CD, TV, everything. Maybe a track. <laughs> so anyway, he's down in the parking garage, and all of a sudden this van full of terrorists, a, a German terrorist, I might add, because they have to be, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> show up, and they're making their way up to the hotel where the big party's going on. And... Uh, you see, like some of them break off, and some of them are cutting uh, security cables. Some of them are tapping into them. And then the elevator opens, revealing one Hans Gruber and his menagerie <laughs> of uh, friends. And they can, take. Can over we back? Can we back up for a second? Yeah. Did, did anybody notice when the big blonde guy is taking out the two, like the two security guards, the two goofy security guards in the bottom floor? Uh-huh. He just like walks up and shoots the for the front desk guy, and there was that second guy by the elevators who like you established like John McClane seems merely like just like picking his fingernails or something like not like the most uh, uh, elite of security guys just some doofus leaning against a wall. So how does Carl take him out? He throws a flashbang first and then jumps out and pumps him full of like eight rounds. Just some goober. <laughs> He walked up to the first guy, throws a flashbang, which looked exactly like a hockey puck, which you probably know what a flashbang actually is, which startles the guy, but the guy was, had no idea he was there, so why did he need to be startled? Then he just steps out from behind the thing and just starts shooting him. So what was the difference between just stepping out from behind the thing and shooting him and throwing the flashbang out? Wait. That was a waste of a perfectly good flashbang. Wait. Yes. If, if you're a board terrorist 
and you have a flashbang. <laughs> You're gonna use it. Okay. I get the feeling the the rest of their plan did not include using that flashbang. That's true. It might have come in handy in case a John McClane happened to be in the building. Happened to be. But what on if the he loose. Changed, What if he changes the plan? Oh. Maybe that guy's like he's the flashbang guy, but he never gets to use him on his <laughs> yeah. heist and stuff. He's like, you know what? Fuck yeah, that, use it right at the very beginning, just yeah. to make sure he uses it. Um, there we go. I'm a valid member of this team. <laughs> they, it was about to expire. <laughs> they were jarring up plan for everything. He said he was gonna use the flashbang. <laughs> Hans Gruber said why, and he said, "Fuck you, that's why." And that, <laughs> then he said, "Roll for initiative." Of... Yes. <laughs> I just put it up to German efficiency. There was a plan. They're following it. Yeah. Except half the plan. team actually wasn't German. They were supposed to be, weren't they? Now well, that's see, that's the thing I can't understand. Hans Gruber's supposed to be German, right? Yeah. Like him and the brothers are German. But there's a couple of sequences where they're speaking, Hans and Carl, the blonde guy, are speaking German to you and they don't understand each other. There's several instances of that. Well, they're, they're from the different regions of Germany. Is that why they're mutually no, yeah, unintelligible yeah. to each other? It's like, it's like Mandarin and Cantonese. Yeah. Well, that's one's, one's from Munich, one's from uh, Austria. Austria. Oh, it was East German, West Germany. This is yeah, in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> This is true, yeah. <laughs> they were East Germans, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so they clarify to each other in English. So they both speak English. <laughs> Shoot the it's glass. the lingua franca. Yeah, exactly. There is another time, too, when he's like, he's in, the, uh, he's in the ducks. And they say he's in the ducks a couple times, and they're not, and Hans can't figure out what he's saying. So then Carl says, he's in the ducks in German. I mean, in English. And he goes, oh, okay. It's like, why can't these people, these Germans understand well, each other? I, I, I think that's more of a... Slight, slight on Germany, on German itself. It's just not good for walkie-talkie talk. No, it doesn't translate very well. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's kind of gravel with all the yeah. guttural intonation. German already sounds like walkie-talkie interference just when you're speaking normally. So yes. it doubles up when you speak it over the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why they lost the big one. <laughs> no communication. <laughs> uh -huh. Also, also, when I add, it's, it's it's still fashionable to have uh, Germans as the bad guys. Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh. I feel like I feel like Germany's not getting a fair shake here. No. no they're, they're like, what villains. what did they ever do to deserve this kind of? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm saying. So, since we're talking about the bad guys, this is the first movie I remember, and this is me being young at the time too. So obviously there were other movies like this, but where the villains were smart and sophisticated in this type of an action movie, right? Not it's not like you're watching. Death I don't wish know. three. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree completely. Jim. Yeah, like maybe because I was just used to like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stallone movie, action movies, and this is the first one where these guys were actually smart and calculating, and they weren't, you know, they were trying to deceive the FBI. And this is also one of the few movies where the FBI comes off as just total dick. <laughs> <laughs> Johnson was, Johnson, no relation. Yeah, that was in junior high, dickhead. <laughs> We'll lose 30% of the hostages. I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just total scumbag bureaucracy going yeah. on. Yeah. The yeah, stupid like chief. Yeah. Even the stupid chief doesn't like them at the end. Was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cops are making fun of them. The bad guys are making fun of them. We're going to need more FBI guys. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing the FBI guy or rule book, play by play or whatever. <laughs> by the book. Yeah. Um... So yeah, they take over the party. They show up, um, and you don't really know what they want at first. Like they first, it goes in as because terrorist attack, and uh, not really in for anything. But you find out later, it's a a robbery, um, and everyone's on the main party. So they get everybody except for one John McClane, who is in the office, as Wade said earlier, but with no shoes on, and he just kind of slips through and into the stairwell before they can uh, find him. So now, the way, everybody... He got, he got away because of a nice set of boots. Well, there That's was true. that, too. Well, there, <laughs> the office crazy. before, yes, there was a little hanky-panky going on. Like and, that uh, Star Wars guy that didn't shoot the lasers? If it wasn't for these boobs, that hard wouldn't happen. <laughs> can I just toss out here that nothing like that has ever happened in any office party that I've ever been to? <laughs> Obviously, terrorists have never taken over, or terrorists slash thieves have never taken over. <laughs> But I, but, I mean all, but I mean all the other cool stuff that happens in Die Hard. Like, none of that stuff has ever even come close to any of the office parties I've ever been to. I don't know, some of that stuff happened at Wade's parties. 
<laughs> I am oh, owned yes, by a Japanese conglomerate as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, McLean slips into the stairwell, boom, and then now he's separated, and for the rest of the movie, he's taking out the terrorists one by one. Scene, movie, credits. Oh. No. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can we talk so, about yeah. that for a sec? The yeah. ho 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 thing. Is that not just like really creepy that John McClane did that? <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, it's awesome, super, but when you take a step back, yeah. <laughs> this is our hero. Yeah, McClane is kind of a sociopath. Yeah, who thinks of doing something like that? Yeah, I don't know. But the guy, the ho 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 guy, when he's in the elevator and he, the guy grabs the sign off of him, he blinks. Oh yeah, <laughs> terrible actor. <laughs> this is one job. <laughs> yeah. You're a policeman. Policemen have rules. So, I mean, like I said, we're not going to go through the whole movie. We'll just pick our favorite scenes. But that's basically the whole plot. He goes through, starts picking them off one by one. His wife is a hostage. And um, uh, uh, Han, no one knows that it's his wife until toward the very end of the movie, which I still don't get that connection. (laughs) So can you the connection when Hans Gruber figures out that uh, Holly is his wife. So they... the Oh. Yeah, the jerk reporter is at their house, and they're interviewing the kids. Come home. Yeah, so he's so the, there's the TV right next to him, and he sees yeah. her looking with motherly affection at the television. Yeah, that's what I. And thought. he knows that they're interviewing John McClane's family. All right. So that that's how he. That's how he puts it together. And then he picks up the the. He sees one of the pictures is. Uh, face down, and he picks up the picture, and he sees John McClane there. Yeah, I get. I just, I don't know. It, would it was like a bit of a leap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I, I did, I did like that. They kind of saved the whole uh, trope of the damsel in distress. Right. Like, it was kind of an undercurrent for most of the movie because you know, his wife was in danger, right. but it wasn't her specifically until the end of the movie. Yeah, they even like, tease that, because when uh, Ellis is going to call him, he's I've got your friend right here, and he thinks it's going to be his wife. And then Ellis is going, hey, hey, John, how's it going? He's like, oh, oh thank hey, God. John boy. <laughs> yeah, hey, John boy. <laughs> John boy. Uh, Ellis, Let's cut to the crap, John. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, and then he makes friends with uh, uh, one Carl Winslow... Yes. Right. Outside of the building, so he throws a dead. Is that, is that another dead body? He throws out the roof. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the yeah. party pit. <laughs> yeah. And then unloads about five clips worth of bullets into his cruiser. No, that was the German guys. Yeah, that, that was, was McLean. Oh, it was oh, I thought he was shooting at him. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember wrong. So yeah, he trips. He tries to get the cops' attention by pulling fire alarms, but then the, Who's the Germans. Who's driving? Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yeah. The Germans, uh, just, you know, everything's fine here. You know, all situations normal. How are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no fucking shit, lady. Does it sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Was that, was that Al Lung or the other guy that wasn't German? <laughs> Good old Al Lung. Yeah, that guy wasn't German. And then, uh, then he calls again. That's when he goes, yeah, no shit, lady. Does it sound like I'm ordering a pizza? And Carl Winslow buys some Twinkies, and he shows up, and he just he's leaving, and then... <laughs> By the way, let's... let's not and then you sta- he helps establish the stupid chief. Let's not yes. gloss over the fact that when Carl Winslow walks out of the mini-mart, the gas... <laughs> the gas uh, prices are 79 cents. Uh, <laughs> I, I first... Wa- when I, I watched this, I think it was sometime in the mid-90s. That was probably not the first time, but I saw that even in the mid-90s, I was like, fuck you! <laughs> it was like, you know, a buck fifty or something. I was like, seventy nine cents, good fucking god. <laughs> what are those twenties prices? Yeah. We, we lived in a land of riches. What is that? What's that? <laughs> yeah, it's kinda I like, like Okay. I was gonna say I, I like how they they get into the hit uh Carl and McLean get into the no, no, I'm so street cop that I blah blah blah. No, no, no. I'm so like every man Blue collar joke. Uh, <laughs> I shot a kid. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stopped that conversation. <laughs> yeah. But that's cool. He sets up a nice rapport with that guy. So they're talking yeah. over walkie talkies, and he's kind of his voice on the ground. And... and they spoke English so they could understand each other clearly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. And, um, yeah. That's, I mean, what, that's what was missing from the other Die Hard movies, is that he has, like, a bit little cameo in the second one, and they just dropped that character completely. Yeah. He even gets, like, a black sidekick in the third one, and it's not Carl Winslow. Shit, but yeah. But Sam Jackson's awesome in the third one. Yeah. God damn it, McLean. All right. <laughs> um, so any, anything specific you guys want to talk about? I guess the big thing we should cover here is, um, I think, one of our favorite scenes, hence the name of our podcast. Uh, Hans Gruber talking to Takagi about the opening the, vo- the vault and asked for the password. And It's pretty convenient that Takagi built a cantina up on that building of his. Yeah. That's a, uh, I don't know, it's a pretty epic scene, just asking for it, and it's cold blood, it just shoots him right in the face. Doesn't the blood, like, go on the lens or something? On the, on the glass doors. Yeah, yeah, on the glass doors, How yeah. the bullet doesn't go through that also, I have no idea. I guess his brain was so massive that it stopped the bullet, but it still shot the brains out of the back of his head. There you go. Yeah. But, you know, if Lucas was to make it, the remake would be Takagi would shoot first, and Groover's head would <laughs> move to the side, and then, uh... Mm-hmm. This is not a bad guy. <laughs> and then um, the guys in that now this may be racist and I don't mean to be but the guy the crack, the, the crack safe opener guy right. is that sundown or no no that's not sundown oh okay that's that's uh, the guy from Walker Texas Stranger that is sundown is it the same guy oh, Clarence really? Gilliard Jr Damn, he's in Matlock like too I think I know Sundown is the guy from Texas Walker Ranger or whatever the hell it's called. All right, <laughs> Texas Walker Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he were to do it now, that's what it would be called. True. Um, so, any, I mean, that scene's awesome. I like, I did like the strategy about how, I mean, I don't know how realistic it is, but as a kid, I thought it was cool how the seventh failsafe or whatever would be the electromagnets would kick in and it would be impossible to open, but the dumb FBI turns off the power, so therefore you couldn't do it. Yeah, they're probably shitting in their pants. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're eating <laughs> chips. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch, uh, Al Leon goes through three candy bars in that whole in that scene. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He first when he first eyes it, he first eyes a Hershey bar and he grabs it. In the second scene, when they're all kind of waiting for shit to go down, they're kind of cutting between the terrace. He's munching on a Crunch bar, and then just before the SWAT teams come, he's got a Mars bar, and he's finishing the Mars bar. <laughs> Three candy bars in the course of that. And then he destro- or he destroys the shopping mall in uh, Bill and Ted's. Boom. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I looked up Theo, and Theo is known for Walker, Texas Ranger, Die Hard, and Top Gun. Boom. Wow. And Matlock, apparently. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Matlock. That's what I said. Yeah. And Matlock! Boom, 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 boom. So pick a seed, Wade. Pick a scene. Well, there, there was one part that I noticed, and I was very confused by it. So right when um, John McClane first goes to the construction in the very beginning, he's at the, the level, like level 32, where there's the construction going on. And he tries to call out, and the, they just cut the, power, the, the, the phone lines. And he goes, what the fuck is going on? And then he kind of looks to the side, and there's this shot of through the window of the Nakatomi building into another building, another skyscraper. Where there's this woman, this half-naked woman, walking around her apartment holding a, holding a phone. And they hold on that for about two seconds, and then it goes to the scene. What the fuck was that? No, he that's... Did... Well, he's a couple of times where he's like going through, and there'll be like uh, a calendar, like a, you know, one of those... Yeah, like, just some sort he... of like random TNA kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, and he always would stop and stare at it. I don't know, I yeah. think it was supposed to be a little... just joke that <laughs> I mean there, there are lots of little jokes which I really love but I was like is that supposed to be saying like oh that woman's talking on the phone so that must mean that this uh, he's got some sort of info that was supposed to be any kind of plot information as well or if that was just supposed to be a hey look naked chick why can't it be both <laughs> I yeah. guess it was just naked chick she's naked chick <laughs> that's what <laughs> I got out of it <laughs> by the way here's this chick oh, but, okay never gonna see her again <laughs> that was Alex crazy. Scene. Um, I gotta give props to uh, SWAT teams everywhere because this movie just makes them look like a joke. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, it's kind of a movie trope, you know, or it has been for a couple of years, where yeah, any SWAT team from whatever agency are just like 
the the pawns or the goobers that just get the jobbers that get like massacred in every right. scene. <laughs> the Matrix, of course, illustrates this perfectly. But um, yeah, the guys are rushing up and they don't even they have their hoodie their uh, yeah their hoodies on, but they don't put the mask all the way down and they're running through the bushes of uh, the rose bushes. <laughs> when a guy goes, ow, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was my pinky. favorite part. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, ow, oh, like, roses. Oh, these guys. <laughs> and then they're like trying to weld through <laughs> the front door, the glass, yeah. glass doors, and then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gigas God just shoots them through the glass doors that they could have broken through at any second. Uh, it's just sad. It's funny and it's sad. <laughs> it's funny. And, it's and funny. did you notice that they, they send those four guys up there and they're working on, on the car, I mean the, uh, the, the door, and they can't get the door open. So they're like, oh, they can't get the door open. We should pull them back. And the SWAT commander goes, no, just leave them up there. Now bring the car in. Yeah. So why do they leave the four guys there so the car can steamroller over them and then smash through the... Why do they have to still be there? I think they automatically retreated once they were getting shot through the glass. No, but they it were supposed like to... they got an RV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the quarterback is toast. That's my favorite line. <laughs> You just took out a building. Glass? Who the fuck cares about glass? Yeah. You got a bunch of people covered in glass down here, mister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, but fuck the national TV, Dwayne. <laughs> awesome. I want to talk, talk about that for a second. I, not so much a single scene, but I, I love how this movie has the trifecta of the, the uber macho, dickish FBI. With the hyper incontinent, or incontinent, Jesus, the hyper incompetent, stupid chief, and the the complete slime ball, fourth estate reporter, like it yeah. <laughs> mixes all three of them together in this movie. The the great William Atherton again, uh, uh, I, you know, I've talked about this many times, but ridiculous. between between this and Ghostbusters and Real Genius, like people must hate that guy in real life. <laughs> He must get stoned as he walks down the street. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, most of that's been deflected by the kid that plays Joffrey. That's true. He's the new stoning person. Yeah, yeah I, I just love the the whole authority structure. Just the whole '80s thumb like <laughs> the, you you can't get anything done with the with the bureaucracy. Like a man has to take the justice and law or whatever into his own hands. Uh, I mean, it, it's not as bad in Die Hard because he's kind of forced in that situation from the get go. And he's a cop. He doesn't go looking for revenge or anything like that. It's just him trying to get by. But, uh, yeah, I just love all the, the dickheads in this movie. You yeah, which you don't... Channel 6. You kind of see that a bit in, in the second one, I think, but not in the third one, right? All the New York cops are all pretty competent. Yeah, that's, that's another kind of a... I mean, obviously, completely different like people in charge other than John McTiernan, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, the, it is funny that the the West Coast cops are just they're, they're basically the Keystone cops. Yeah, and the the New York one, everybody's on the ball. Any Keystone right. light? No. No. And then uh, just to go back earlier to what Jeff was talking about with the villains, um, so Jeff mentions mentioned uh, or asked if this was our top five action movie. I will turn around and ask if. Hans Gruber would be one of your top five villains of all time. Crossover moment. <sighs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, e easily top five for me. I'm gonna me, say yes, number four. Again, for me, I like probably top ten, probably not top five. I, I mean, it's tribute to to Rickman because, you know, all, all these action movies going back to all the Arnie and Sly and all these uh, giant guys doing all these feats of strength and murdering people left, right, and center. Like, Hans Gruber's not that villain. You know, he's not physically imposing at all. Like, he right. never poses that kind of threat. It's just kind of this feat, uh, like, elitist, uh, you know, it, it, the way he carries off the character. He, yeah. He's so hateable without actually having to do any of the... The, the real physical heavy lifting, he leaves that to the other goons. Right. But he's still, like, clearly the bad guy. Yeah. He's, 
And with most like heroes and stuff, like yeah, this he, a good hero needs a good villain, right? And if you go to the Arnold and Stallone movies, they don't really have great villains. I mean, I give Predator, Bennett, <laughs> and that's probably why. Um, Tulsa Doom. No, like they're not that for me. I you I know you like Tulsa Doom. I don't think he's that great of a villain. And I think Bennett, I love Bennett, but I, I wouldn't put him above. Uh, Richard uh, Dawson? Hans Gruber. No, he's not <laughs> Richard Dawson. <laughs> Brian so. Dennehy? No, I'm not fucking Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Bye. So. <laughs> My top villain would be Darth Vader of all time. I think it pretty obvious for me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would have him up there with, yeah, like Predator, Alien. <laughs> Those are different types. Does Jaws count as a villain? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So Hans Gruber would be maybe my fifth. Um, so three of your top five villains aren't human? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. No, you put me on the spot here, guys. So. <laughs> That's fair, though. Yeah. Uh, well, does Hitler count? Because he'd be on there. <laughs> Not a real-life villain. Yeah, yeah, but he's a movie villain. Yeah, but he's in enough movies as a bad guy, too. Just all of them. <laughs> yeah. Combined. I don't know. So what would That's you guys have in there? I would say my favorite villain is probably Kaiser Soze. Oh, he's good. I think really? he was just he just saturated that movie so much and they just made him seem like such a boogeyman through the whole thing. I just thought I was just enthralled by it. I really love that movie. That's good. Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, Joker? Ooh. That's a really good one. <laughs> yeah. Both of them actually. I don't know if Nicholson's would be my top ten, but no. my top- it's still, sure. it's a great Romero? performance. <laughs> not not Cesar Romero. Oh. Maybe if he'd shaved the mustache. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> he committed to shaving the mustache. He'd be right up there. I want, I want to be there. I wish I'd been there for that conversation when yeah. some studio exec was like, uh, can you shave the mustache? And then Cesar Romero would say, uh, can you kiss my ass? And then he just went on and just kept the mustache. Mm-hmm. Just painted right over that thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, uh, I'm gonna say I'm. I think I am gonna have to say Darth Vader as well. But uh, I believe my close second would be uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker. I love his Joker. Uh, okay. And Scott, did you say yours? Uh, it's tough. Um, Lawnmower Man from Lawnmower Man. You're gonna say like the DEA in traffic, right? <laughs> Man from Bandit. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Does Michael Corleone count? He's he's a villain, but not like yeah. it, the way the movie's structured. It's not like yeah. yeah. Um, it's not the antagonist. I mean, off off the top of my head, I'd still have to go Vader. Yeah. All right. Cool. Really and with that, it. yeah, I think that's good. And with that, I have to call beer break and potty break. <laughs> beer break. And we're back. So while I was pottying, I thought of Khan from Star Trek. Good Oof. villain. From Hell's Heart, I stab it. Um, I like that when Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns is a good villain. <laughs> he is a good villain. <laughs> I thought of Lord of the Rings, but I think the villains in that are kind of weak. I don't really like Sauron or Saruman that much. Mm. Nah, he's kind of distant. Yeah. But there's there's one problem with the Lord of the Rings movies. You don't have, like, that... The, there's no face to put on anything other than, like, yeah, Saruman. Yeah. But the Hobbit, and, there's too many. Yeah. Seriously. And I had Agent Smith from the first Matrix movie. Yeah. Matrix movie. I mean, yeah, like, uh, Kaiser Soze would be up there for me. It's the smell. Low, low pan would definitely be in my top five. Oh, yeah. oh definitely, yeah. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> See, I love that movie, but he would be in my top five just because he's funny. He's not a villain. <laughs> <laughs> Joker was funny. Yeah, but oh, yeah, homicidal funny. No, <laughs> I don't know. Different to me. But I'm weird. All right. So... Uh, anyone else? Scott, did you do your scene yet? I forgot where we're at here. <laughs> so, so talked about all the hateable people in the movie. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Um, favorite lines? I know we've we've tossed out a lot of those. Um, yeah, let's do favorite lines. Mine, mine, mine was the the quarterback is toast, and then followed by the ho, ho, ho. That's nice. Mine's hey, John boy. <laughs> and when Hans Gruber turns into a whiny little American. Oh God! Please, one of them, Clay. The, the default southern accent that the Brits go to to sound American. Bill Clay. <laughs> Mine would be, uh, this is Johnson. No, the other one. <laughs> that was good, too. It's just like Saigon, eh, Slick? <laughs> that was a junior high, dickhead. <laughs> Robert, the great Robert Davi and Grand Elbush. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alex? Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> Technically, that's from Die Hard 2. Oh, really? It's not from the, what they said in the first one. The dubbing is only on Die Hard 2. Oh. Are you sure? Yeah. They never played Die Hard 1 on TV? Yeah, but I don't know if they use Mr. Falcon. I could... All right. Every time I've seen it, it's been something different on Die Hard, and it's always been Mr. Falcon on Die Hard 2. Now, I don't know. Since it's gotten popular, they could have gone back and changed it, or I don't know, but... I always know at the end when he blows up the airplane, he says it. Um, Shout out to Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, now that I think about it, I, I think a few years ago I did see it just on regular TV, and he just said, yippee and then, the, like, it just cut. It was a hard cut yeah. to something else after yippee Yippee-ki-yay, mother father. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Up, oh, sorry, clicked on something. Um, so the one I wanted to bring up, I was trying to look for Yippee Kai to see which one it is, and it looks like all I'm seeing are uh, Die Hard Two clips. So oh mm. man, still, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Man. Uh, the one thing I wanted to just is that I have in my notes is I remember I had seen this. Notes. I had two stories. <laughs> I have notes. Yes, I actually prepare sometimes Damn. if I've actually seen the movie before, or at least more than once. <laughs> Um, like I said, I don't, when did this movie come out? 80, 91? 90? No, no, it was 88, I think, or 88. 80, yeah. 88, okay. I think. So I'd have been 11. Um, and my friend, like, we rented it from uh, the, you know, Blockbuster, or probably even before Blockbuster, like Mom and Pop Store. and Video uh, Lotus. <laughs> yeah. And me and my friend, I think it was Adam, we watched it, you know, that night at a sleepover, and then... Uh, my parents wanted to watch it too, so like the next day they were watching it. My mom, who was never really into, I've never heard her get like excited over a movie or whatever. We walk in and it's toward the end where he's uh, saving the hostages, and then the helicopter starts shooting at him, and he ties the uh, hose around his waist, and then he jumps <laughs> off the edge, and then he can't break through the glass, and then he shoots through the glass and he lands fine, and then all of a sudden the weight's too much, and it's that whole like epic sequence. My mom was freaking out. <laughs> and I just remember, like, that's standing out. You know, like, I don't know how you guys are, but you don't, certain things that stand out from your parents, I can not, you know, atypical for your parents. And that, for me, was my mom just freaking out over Die Hard. Um, to this day, I don't think I've ever seen her laugh like that in a movie. And um, right after that, like, literally, like, that's when Bruce Willis pretty much came on the scene, right? I know he was in Moonlighting, but for as a kid, I didn't watch Moonlighting, so... Um, at least I didn't know who Bruce Willis was, and that's when he was kind of all of our friends. You know, he kind of jumped up there. All of a sudden, you knew Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, and Bruce Willis. And I was at my friend's house, and his dad was a big gun nut, and he had all these gun collection and everything. <laughs> and we're sitting down in his uh, little family room watching TV, and all of a sudden, my friend's sister goes, "Dad, Bruce Willis is coming over to pick up his gun." And I go, "What?" <laughs> and I turn to Adam, and he's like. Oh no, my dad has a friend named Bruce Willis. It's a totally different guy. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my stories. As an aside to the scene when he uh, uses the fire hose to jump through the glass. Yeah. If you watch closely in that scene after he's walking around over the glass, he's got like hobbit feet on, like hobbit pistons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like way too big for his actual feet to, <laughs> so he could walk around safely. Yeah. Oh, that's a gnarly scene when he's sitting on the sink and he's pulling those chunks out of his feet. Uh, yeah. 
think that's why he was such a popular uh, new action hero is because he actually got beat up and stuff throughout the whole movie. He didn't, yeah, that... like, stay in pristine shape and everything up until, like, almost the very end and a bullet kind of grazes his shoulder. Ugh! <laughs> he got that's what... shit beat out of him. Yeah, that's what the uh, the sequels lack. It wasn't There wasn't that everyman kind of quality to John McClane anymore. Suddenly he's this invincible guy who's, like... You know, driving cars into helicopters and stuff like that. Whereas in the first one, the whole point was that he was just some random guy who found himself in this extraordinary situation, and he's just gritting it out through tenacity. And you know, and yeah, he's getting—he's got no friggin' shoes on. That's how vulnerable this guy is, and yet he's still sticking it out, and he's still trying to do what's right. And that was—that was the the big appeal. I know. I definitely agree with that. And then, like, he's talking to himself the whole time. And, Should have done something, John. And, you know, you'd be then dead too, asshole. You know, right. he's, yeah. him thinking the the thought process. You hear him go through it. Yeah, totally. Come to LA. Have a few laughs. <laughs> I know what a TV dinner feels like. <laughs> yeah, it does have the cheesy one-liners, but uh, you gotta awesome, have one. awesome one-liners. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, Wade just knocked another one off my list. Just that shoeless part. Just him being, you know, just uh, ramped it up. It was awesome. Um, anything else? We're running low on my list here. We said quarterback is toast already, right? That's <laughs> what we sure did. Yeah. Um, one thing you're talking about how he gets kind of slowly beat up through the whole movie. Another thing is that he gets slowly like dirtied up through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. He gets really friggin' filthy, and I was yeah, his. Wife, I remember his wife. Yeah, wife that, exactly. Yeah, I would always think when I would watch this movie, like, when did his wife beater get brown? Like it, like he, all it seemed to always happen suddenly. So the last time I watched, it, I paid real close attention, and it's when he's. That's why I want to figure when he's going through the uh, the duct. He's kind of dirtied up before then, but then he goes through the duct. He gets out of the duct. His 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 whole wife beater is just a uniform brown. Oh, that's <laughs> a nice touch. Yeah. Mm. So if you're ever wondering, that's when it happens. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I actually was wondering that. Yeah. <laughs> but then also. Like him himself really isn't like also coated in the same brown. It's just it just hit his wife beater. Well, it's he sweated it off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe so. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I'm pretty much done with my list. The only thing I can think of is just the little confrontations he has with each of the little little the other Germans that he takes out. That one yes. guy is on the table. Yeah. yeah. No more table. You have a chance to shoot. Shoot. <laughs> Advice. <laughs> You're a policeman. You can't be bad. Who are you, policeman? You have rules. Yeah. And just, I don't know. Also, that dialogue just again drives home the whole point of taking <laughs> taking matters in your own hand. Yeah. And I don't know what do you guys think about the whole. Um, is it Carl or who's the the, the uber blonde guy that he? Yeah. He chokes out on the chain, and yet he somehow comes out at the end. Right, yeah. Of course. It's German. <laughs> and by the German. way, you know, he pulls out when when Carl Winslow, not the other Carl, when Carl Winslow pulls out that hand cannon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, which apparently is police issue. <laughs> he takes out that cannon, he like, shoots it right next to McLean, like. Death. Yeah, yeah it's in tinnitus right there. Yeah. Ma. 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 <laughs> Dirty Harry has one of those. Why not him? That's what I'm saying. It must be standard issue. Yeah. Or a desk cop. Wasn't he? Was that his whole thing? He didn't do much? <laughs> no, because he shot the kid. He must have shot disinti- a kid. Must have disintegrated him with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they couldn't have the open casket funeral after that. <laughs> Jesus. God damn it, Winslow. <laughs> it was Urkel that he shot. I think he shot Urkel. <laughs> Daryl was my friend, Dad. <laughs> does, does anybody uh, ever watch Keen Peel? Yes. Not really. No. Yeah. I, just ca- good... I catch their skits on YouTube. They're freaking awesome. There, there's some good uh, bits in there, but there was a, a good one about family matters. If, any, <laughs> yeah. if anybody is... <laughs> Into Keen Peel and hasn't seen that. Uh, I recommend it. Yeah, me too. So, I second. Who's the actor that plays Carl Winslow? Reginald like, Val Johnson. Yeah, yeah. that's the nice. So you see a cop in everything. I know in Family Matters and in Ghostbusters and in Die Hard and Die Hard 2. Ghostbusters. I think he, in everything I've ever seen him, he's a cop. Yeah, I can't think of him as a non cop. Yeah. 
And he has that small role in Ghostbusters, but he's still a cop. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Alright, anything else before we move on to the news? What's that? So, Jeff? Hold on, is it, oh. do you like the fact... I mean, it's Christmas time, but it's in L.A., so it's not like they needed to set up snow like they do in the second one. But I just do like that feeling. I guess I just like the end when they play the music at the end when they yeah, put the, the towel over him and Molly. Yeah, Holly. Papers are yeah, they, from the building. Yeah, they, they do the same thing in Meet the Weapon. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's, it's Christmas and Meet the Weapon as well. Yeah. At least it's it's basically in all, in all of Shane Black's movies. It's always Christmas. It's always Christmas. Uh, mm. Watch um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's the same thing. Wait, isn't he the <laughs> yeah, better, that's right? true. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Iron Man 3, Christmas. But he's Predator also, right? Yes, he's in Predator. Predator, Christmas. It's not Christmas. <laughs> South America, it is. That's just how they celebrate it. Okay. So I guess I guess that's the cool thing. If like you ever want to film Christmas um, <laughs> on the West Coast in like Los Angeles, you can just do it any time of year. <laughs> right. Yeah. <That's> true. <laughs> you can just CGI in the, the cold breath. Nah, that could get cold enough to see your breath out here. Uh, no, it, it can. But I'm just saying you wouldn't have to <laughs> film it necessarily. Yeah. All right. It's time for Neom News. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> Wade, that was so half-hearted. <laughs> Phoned it in. I, I really wasn't sure if I was supposed to join in or not. <laughs> of course we you can. Encourage it's, kind of, it's kind of like your guys' private joke. I didn't know if I was supposed to. <laughs> no, no, you can. Yeah, we've explained <laughs> it to you. Yeah, okay. All right. oh, Just to me, though, not to any of the viewing audience. <laughs> they can figure it out. <laughs> it was yeah. If they want to know, they can be on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, the only really news I have is the Mad Max trailer came out, and I thought that was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked actually pretty impressive. Yeah. It was, it, one thing I noticed about it, um, it, besides being awesome, was there was very little Mad Max in it. That's true. There was which makes me parts. think that there's going to be even more awesome parts. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't just spoil everything. Yeah, he didn't seem that mad yet. So does anyone know, yeah, when, when exactly it's going to take place? Is it going to go through his whole backstory, or is it going to be like Mad Max 2, where he's already kind of no a idea. vigilante? I, I, think, I think it's... I almost feel like it's its own thing. Like, there's not continuity yeah. there. Because, I mean, it was only the trailer, but they do wreck his, wreck his car in the trailer. So I'm like, oh, maybe it's symbolic that they wreck his car, this is a completely new Mad Max, it's not the old one. Hmm. So like Which a reboot? Because it's the same director, so... <laughs> well, that's true. Maybe. Or maybe it's just, it is a sequel, but it's like, this is not like any other Mad Max you've ever seen. So yeah, maybe maybe more of a reboot would be more of a... Yeah. Than the sequel. Could be a reboot or more like a Bond thing, where it's like, he's the same character, it's just another story. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There you go. You don't need to overthink it. It's just going to be a guy driving <laughs> yeah, his car. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, other Looking than for that, juice. <laughs> looking for juice. Well, I have something else. I wonder if it's going to be like the Road Warrior or more like the other one. So, well, we'll see. Yeah. All right, crossover moment. What's your favorite Mad Max movie? And if you don't say Road Warrior, you're weird. That's yeah. That's the only answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Road Warrior. Someone says Thunderdome. I'm going to be super upset. <laughs> it was when I was a kid. I saw Thunderdome first, so that was my favorite for a long time. And and then I was like, wait, there's other Mad Maxes, and I had to go back and watch them. Yeah. Alright, second crossover moment. <laughs> Who's your favorite feral kid in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that kid from Jurassic Park 3. Who uh, <laughs> becomes survival expert in like the week and a half that he's out there by himself. Mm-hmm. Does that Chaka kid or whatever from the monkey from that show count? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. I think a kid played him, kid. but Chaka was an adult. I know, yeah. but he looks he looks I would, he's more related to that guy than anybody else. So go on with Newt before anybody else says it. Newt, there you go. That's good. <laughs> but she doesn't grunt and go, ah. <laughs> Alright. Road work. Add that to our list. Somebody pick that one of these days. Alright. Alright, that's all I got. Uh, Wade, any news? Any news? Uh, any re- come back any, to me. Any reviews? Any re- You know, what? I've been okay. So I've been going back through Sean Connery's back catalog for the past couple <laughs> days for some reason. I just decided to. I watched um, the Man Who Would Be King, okay. which was fantastic. Have you guys seen that one? Yeah. No. Nope. 
Yeah, it's based on a Rudyard Kipling short story about these two kind of unscrupulous British soldiers who decide they're going to go to Afghanistan and become worshipped as kings because, hey, they're white people. And it works out perfectly. And they, in fact, become worshipped as gods. And then it doesn't quite go so perfectly. And it's actually really, really good. Cool. And there was another movie I saw, which I had never even heard of. It's called The Wind and the Lion. And it was Sean Connery as a, uh, like a like an early 20th century Berber bandit. Berbers were like Islamic bandit people. In, I don't know. I, I forget where it takes place. But who kidnaps this woman who, uh, played by Candace Bergen and Bergman, whatever her last name is. And uh, half yeah. the movie is told yeah. from yeah. like his perspective and half the movie is told from Teddy Roosevelt's perspective and it draws all these weird <laughs> parallels between them. And Does he ride a moose at any point? Uh, no, but he does. He is he is sitting next to the the bear that he kills, and he boxes, and he shoots, and he shoots bows, and he's like always kind of talking about how he wants to kind of like kill people again and stuff like that. But now he's this great man who's expected to. So it's it was very it's a movie I'd never even heard of. So I just I, I found it and watched it, and it was it was it was quite enjoyable. But it was definitely something you could not get away with making. Jay, the entire time I was like, you could not make this today. Because, like, one of the first things that happens is, like, it's kind of obvious that him and Candace Bergman, Bergen are going to be set up as kind of like a, a, a love relationship thing, even if they don't kind of consummate it. The very first thing that happens is he jumps on his horse, and the horse bucks him off, and she laughs. So he walks over and just backhands her across the face and says, never laugh at me again. It's like, wait a minute. Aren't so, these guys going to become, like, kind of like a couple or something? How is this well, the, starting like well, that? Well, the funny thing is, is that whole scene was ad-libbed. Yeah, I know, because yeah, Sean Connery, very famously, was very pro-hitting women. <laughs> Surprisingly open to the idea. But, but only if they're hysterical. Yes, yeah, if it's the, if that's the, if it was, I think it was like, if that's the only option they leave you, then I think it's fine. <laughs> Connery. Nice. Scorpio, you're totally mad. Yeah, so Sean Connery was quite the, was quite the big star back in the 70s. Made a lot of movies, and there were, some of them are worth looking up. So I was very charmed. Hmm. All right. Except cool. for the whole hit, hitting women thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. And also, movies were very racist back in the day. Oh man, there was even when like yeah. those two movies were. There was kind of fundamentally some racist parts with the two guys that go into Afghanistan. But like, yeah, especially the Wind and the Lion. There was a lot of the bar, The Berbers were all just kind of idiot man children, except for Sean Connery, and. Uh, it was, but it, uh, it was strange looking back at movies that dealt with like Islamic societies and how we could never go back to the way they viewed Islamic societies even from back in the seventies. With all that's happened in the world, yeah, yeah, it's very strange. Oh, well, I don't know. What, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of talking. <laughs> All right, thanks, Wade. Alex, what do you got? Uh, well, the new trailer for Hot Tub Time Machine 2 just dropped. Uh. It looks hilarious. This one, they dropped uh, John Cusack. He's not in this movie, but the other three guys are. Cordy. What is John Cusack whoa, 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 doing with himself? That he can't be in Hot Tub Time Machine 2. I have no idea. Yeah, seriously. Mm. He's, he's one of those actors that's like, okay, he'll make a really good movie, and then you'd be like, why the fuck is he in this movie? Not that I would rate him as a super great actor, but he can. He should be able to pick and choose now. He should be in Hot Shot Time Machine too. is what I'm saying. <laughs> he should be. But from the trailer, it looks like they're not just going to pull a hangover and rehash the same thing over again. This time, they're bouncing all around time. Like, they go to the future, <laughs> they see how fucked up their lives are in the future, so they're trying to go, continually going back in time to try and fix it with hilarious with the same results. With the same hot tub? Uh, no, it's a different hot tub. Well, wait, no, I don't know if it's the same hot tub, actually. <laughs> Do they have to keep stocking it with Chernobyl, Chernobyl whatever it was? another yeah. thing that did not explain in the trailer. Uh, Maybe the nerdy guy, like, figured it out or something. So so there's no, like, star this one, then? Uh, I mean, the last one was kind Audrey. of an ensemble piece, but... John Cusack was the main character. Main character definitely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how's it going to work this time around? Mm. Ensemble piece. Is Chevy Chase in it? Uh, I didn't see him in the trailer. Huh. <laughs> Who knows where that guy's going to turn up? <laughs> That's true. He might just pop in. 
But yeah, it's kind of what he did with the original movie too. Yeah, it looks fun and hilarious. Like it'll be at least as good as the first one. So I'm in. That makes one of us. <laughs> also, another tiny juicy little tidbit: Jonathan Freaks wants to direct the next Star Trek Three movie. Yeah, I'm sure he does. I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> want to direct that movie. Well, it, uh, it, he wants to star in a big budget action movie. I'm sure he wants to win the lottery as well. <laughs> the the news about that, uh, Robert Orchi, Orky, Orsi, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Or Downey, uh, it's Downey he, Jr. He he was supposed to direct uh, the third one, and now he's not going to. He's out on that. So that there is a vacant uh, directing spot there. So wait, Abrams just left Star Trek to do Star Wars. He's not coming back. Yeah, he's not coming back. Well, not for the third movie, anyways. Wow. I thought I heard Abrams isn't even, even going to direct the second movie. Or the episode eight. Yeah, he's like overseeing it. He's like the showrunner. He's going to be the, the Joss movies. Whedon. Of the, yeah, basically. So when's Joss Whedon going to direct a Star Wars movie? Is he in Star Wars? Or he's, he's attached to Star Wars, I think, isn't he? I, thought I know he he's doing the Avengers stuff, but... Uh, right. Is he in a Star The guy has to be in a Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, that was a dumb question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's going to happen. Come on, the Disney connection? It'll happen. It'll do maybe one of the spinoffs or whatever. Anyway, it's, it's interesting. I didn't know Abrams was leaving Star Trek. I didn't know he just totally abandoned that franchise to go do Star Wars. I don't think he's totally abandoned it. I think he's just not directing it. Yeah, he'll yeah. George no. Lucas he's didn't sure. direct the, 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 the you know, Star Wars 4 and sure. 5. I mean, five, okay. 5 and 6. Sure, okay. But they were still his things. Yeah. All right. Cool. Scott? Also, oh, oh sorry. Uh, I learned this tidbit, the Jonathan Frakes one, Frakes one from Topless Robot, and they have a list of the five reasons why he shouldn't direct the next Star Trek, and they're all because he directed Star Trek Insurrection. <laughs> all five reasons are he directed Star Trek Insurrection. <laughs> Which one's I that? I think Insurrection was one of the ones I liked. That wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah, great. That was, that wasn't that wasn't bad. I think that was one Nemesis of the worst ones. Nemesis was fucking yeah. terrible. Yes, Nemesis was a bad one. With the young Tom Hardy. Young Tom Hardy, yeah. Almost killed his career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's remarkable he made it out of that one. Yeah. So wait, is Insurrection even number one? That's the Borg one. No, no, no. Right? Borg is First Contact. Yes. First Contact. Isn't right. it the whole Star Trek thing, like only the even number ones are good? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I know the first, as we're all talking Next Generation, the first Next Generation was terrible. And it then it was terrible. First, it wasn't great. It was okay. I thought it was terrible. And then first contact, which was really good. And then what? It was Nemesis. Was that the third one? I think it was Insurrection. Oh, okay. And then Nemesis was the last one. Mm-hmm. I know. I saw half a Nemesis. I fell asleep through it, and then I I didn't see the last <laughs> one. I think Nemesis was. I think there was only four of them. <clears throat> so okay. it kind of broke out of the, the even number thing. Gotcha. Alright. Anything else, Alex? Nope, that's it. Alright, Scott. Uh, another trailer. Uh, Pixar released their trailer for Inside Out. Uh, kind of an interesting concept. I'm curious to see how they keep it going for a whole hour, 30 minutes, or however long it's going to be. Yeah, Where, hilarious. Yeah, they, yeah, it looks pretty good. They, they show normal people, and then they actually show inside their head. It's basically a rip-off of Herman's head. They have like little like play inside the the heads to decide every single moment that goes on. Uh, so uh, it's Pixar. So even if it's not great, it'll still be okay. Unless it's Cars two. Um, what about Cars one? Cars wasn't okay. It wasn't okay. Nah, <laughs> that whole both of Cars movies are me. Yeah, it was. It was good enough for them to. Turn half of California Adventure into yeah, seriously. Yeah. Cars no, now. it's a money maker, no doubt about it. Mm. Yeah, I think it's the biggest money maker. Uh, maybe not with the new, or actually, Frozen is not Pixar, so I don't know. But I heard Cars made sold more toys and merchandise than any of the other movies. Mm-hmm. This is a like, fucking Cars. Markets itself. So there, and that I just got a, a a few reviews over the Thanksgiving break. Watched a lot of movies, and for no particular reason whatsoever, I managed to watch a bunch of sword and sandal movies. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll start with the the first uh, new Hercules movie with uh, Kellen Lutz. Is his name? Yeah, the Twilight guy. Now that movie was fucking atrocious. Oh, Wait, I thought one... that's The Rock. 
No, no, no. I haven't seen that one yet. So there's another Hercules movie? There's another Hercules movie. Oh, my God. It's like it came out, like, back-to-back. Back. Yeah. Oh, the 3D is in the title of the movie, so <laughs> oh, okay. you know it's going to be dog shit. Yeah, this was just, like, the, 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 the played-out Zack Snyder slow-mo, like, kinetic action. It, it was just Money boring. Show. Just boring. Yeah. The, the lead actor was terrible. Um, I guess he was physically okay as Hercules, uh, but... Yeah, it's just bad all the way around. He's no Lou Ferrigno. That's had a super sure. weird role with uh, uh, Boris the Bullet Dodger. <laughs> uh, he was Raid, in that? Raid Serbaja, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was like the Aristotle character that was like the men- everybody's mentor. Yeah. Um, so that was terrible. Don't watch that. I watched Pompeii. With, oh, uh, that was so bad. With Jon Snow, it it was not it was not good, but it was way better than the Hercules movie. Really? That's how bad the Hercules movie was. Oh my wow. god! Uh, I started fast forwarding that at the very well, end during the big some, some good. Well, I'm gonna say some good better acting uh, out of the main characters. Although uh, Kiefer Sutherland was chewing on scenery. Now, if he's at that point in his career where he doesn't have to actually act, he just has to you know pull a Dennis Hopper. <laughs> You know nothing, Jack Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that wasn't great. And then uh, Three Hundred Rise of an Empire. Oh, that's Jesus. Scott yeah, was at a boner through all these movies. Yes, yeah. all these oiled up dudes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can neither confirm nor deny. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was of the three. That was probably the best one. But it was just basically like. What if we tacked on another hour and a half to the first 300 movie about barely related characters, even though it's still the war against the Persians? Right. Mm-hmm. And even though Eva Green is super hot, um, still, I, I can't recommend any of the three. Just disappointing. Is Cersei in that one too, or no? Yeah, she, yeah, she is. She had, well, they, she had a big role because they couldn't get uh, Gerard Butler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was painfully obvious that Gerard Butler was not there for shooting any scenes. <laughs> I mean, even though by the time the story takes place, his character's already supposed to be dead. Spoilers. But they could have sh- shot some, like... Flashbacks. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, flashbacks would have been lame. I think. Uh, just him kicking people it, in the pit for half It would have been hour. lame. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was the movie does use a shitload of flashbacks. Yeah, a shitload of footage from the previous yeah. movie. So shooting new flashbacks... Well, yeah. Would 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 have been any worse. They so. set up uh uh what's his name the Zabulba or the what's the hell Xerxes. They set up his whole backstory like any. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. They kind of. I mean, the other thing is, you say Zabulba? Yeah, <laughs> that's from the fountain. <laughs> no, 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 wait. Zabulba's that's from the that's the pod car race guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that guy. <laughs> um. Yeah. The other weird thing is. It's such a huge action movie, but I don't remember... I don't know who the actors are in this movie, other than Cersei and uh, Eva Green. Like, I I can't even remember what the the name yeah, of the main character the was. The actual, yeah, the hero was utterly forgettable. They obviously had no interest in making him an interesting character. Yeah, so... Hopefully this will be the last of the 300. I enjoyed the first one, because it was, it was kind of a novel thing, and yeah. it's some good actors... I enjoyed the hell out of the first 300. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So un- unabashedly, but the second one, I don't know. And this one they tried a little, because there was a lot of complaints in the first 300 about the, the racism involved <laughs> against, the, mm. against the person. This one, it's mostly the same thing, except that they make the Greeks look like assholes, too. So. Yeah. For at least one scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like how in the first 300 you saw Gerard Butler yell with a wide open mouth and you can see his obviously metal fillings in his teeth. Like, come on, they didn't, they didn't have that back then. I didn't like how Quasimodo was in the movie either. <laughs> oh, yeah, he has, has a big role in the second movie, too. Does he really? Yeah. 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 I don't even remember. Yeah. So just, just, again, disappointing that they, they're ruining the genre. Yeah, and I, I, I fear that the the Rock version of the Hercules is also not good. It was directed by Brett Ratner, apparently. So uh, adjust, adjust your expectations accordingly. Hmm. <laughs> what's what's the saying go, or how does the saying go? Uh, 
if know your role and shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> the, the key to happiness is low expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Rudy Pooh, kinda yes. Although I, I admit that I laughed out loud the first time I saw the trailer for the Rock Hercules when he yells out, "I am Hercules!" When he's got the worst looking wig on. <laughs> you think? You think in 2014 they would have been able to come up with something that looked a little better? <laughs> CGI wig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even CGI wig would have been. CGI Kristen wig. In it. And part of the problem <laughs> is, is we're so used to seeing the Rock with the. The shaved head. Well, they, no, he had the long hair in Scorpion King, and it looked fine. So I don't know what the hell happened between them and now. CGI Scorpion King. Yeah. <laughs> or CGI the, the ever. Best, the best CGI ever. <laughs> I don't know. Lawnmower Man. <laughs> Anyways, I've talked too long. That's my news. All right. Uh, we're done with this episode, but before we leave, we have to figure out what we're going to talk, ne- talk about next week, and I don't know who we're talking to. What's going on, guys? <laughs> I Scott's believe topic. it's my turn. Yeah. All right, Scott, what are we talking about next week? Or, yeah, next week. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to keep the tradition, uh, the christmas theme tradition going on here. Uh, the thing, the thing, the thing, the thing. And we will we'll be talking about Bill Murray's Scrooge. Yes. Uh, oh, I saw that pretty... yesterday. Mm-hmm. What was that, Jeff? I was hoping for the thing, but that's all right. Oh. <laughs> it's got snow. <laughs> well, that's going to right yeah. Well, then we should talk about Scarface. <laughs> Whoa! That movie's got a mountain of snow. Take it to the limit. No, this is good. I've seen Scrooge a couple times, but it's been forever, and I just added it to my Netflix queue, so I will have homework. Good job. This is the season. Watch Hot Time Machine, too. Nah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Quarterback. Uh-oh. We lost Wade. Uh, Wade, you're breaking up. Oh, I am? Oh. I'm spitting too much truth. (laughs) Skype Skype can't handle it.